This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness, the man, the myth, the legend. He has an extremely extensive bio. Listen, I could go on and on and on. Two-time best-selling author, the uh, creator of the Justice Take Side shirt. Please go find those. Where, where can they find these shirts at? On sale online soon. <laughs> See, like, yeah, of course, I'm talking about Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? They can also follow me on Twitter and you tell them, Instagram tell them where to follow you. That's your, your, it's your, that's your responsibility. At Jamar Tisby, we're not gonna Just cook saying. the meal and serve it. We're gonna cook it and then you can serve the meal. What's going on, brother? You good? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well, and like a whole lot of people, the sort of like what happens on Sunday right now hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're getting more interesting responses to that question than ever I can remember yeah. because of multiple factors, pandemic, right. going online, fallout in the church. I believe God is sifting the church right now. So it's a complicated question to answer. And I think there are a lot of people looking for thinking about what is a healthy church? Hmm. Wow. So we're going to hop right in. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's serious, man. So your Sunday experience has shifted as most of our Sunday experiences have shifted. And I don't know of anybody who would say that they have been left unscathed or unaffected by the rapid changes within the American context of the church. Right. And then if you go black church, if you go multi-ethnic church, there's just a lot of different factors in with that. And so that's changed for you. And you feel like people are asking the question, what's healthy church environment? What's healthy church structure? What's healthy church involvement? What does that look like in, you know, 2022? Yeah. And I think it's coming from a couple of places. One, people have been burned by churches, right? And so there's almost this trauma response of, do I get involved with another conversation, congregation? Can I do that? Will I be hurt again? So I think there's a fear involved in it as well. There's also a sort of rethinking of everything that people believed about church and about faith communities. Because if you've been burned, you were there for a reason. You were there because you thought there was something good and healthy and and something that you wanted to be a part of. Then you came to see, oh, it wasn't what I thought it was, but maybe my thinking is wrong too. Maybe before I get involved in another church, I need to rethink this whole thing of church, Hmm. what it is, what it means, what's healthy, and all of that. So I think along with like people searching for different, for newer faith communities, there's also a wondering what to look for kind of a thing. Because what I thought I wanted in church or what I thought was healthy and helpful may not be. What what's causing you to think about this today? I'm curious. <laughs> like what's causing you to what's provoking this thought, you know, at this moment? Because we record a lot of episodes on a lot of different things. What do you think would be helpful for the people to hear and understand and maybe for us to explore? So in our work, you know, we talk a lot about racial justice and whatnot. So I think 
I get a lot of questions from people about like, where are the churches that love Jesus and justice and love mm. justice because they love Jesus? Hmm. Do these churches exist? What are they like? Right? Like there's a lot of folks who are in that boat. Um, my own personal experience, right? My, my church having a, a, a very rocky story that I won't get into right now, but basically, you know, where I'm, you know, I'm attending online, you know, I'm listening yeah. to Pastor Tyler Burns on Sundays and a whole bunch of other folks, right? But it's not a local kind of body that what? I've been used to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, he won't say it, okay. y'all. He will anyway. not say it, but he a preacher, preacher, a preacher, preacher. Go listen. Uh, and that's what I wanted to talk about because your whole life, I mean, you've been a minister for years, you've been a preacher mm-hmm. for years, you're leading a church. And I just want a you got to catch folks up on what you've been doing because okay. it's a lot and then b talk about from your sort of you know being in this for decades perspective Oof. what we need to think about and look for in healthy churches so I can't get Yikes. a hold of this brother I I'm, I'm trying I'm, I'm texting him I'm trying to be like lies. he's too busy he's on lies. the go what you been doing man No I think uh I, I do want to say that disclaimer, we're, we're all figuring this thing out. Yeah. You know, we're all trying to understand and navigate. So I'm definitely, while I have experience in some of this, I'm not an expert by any stretch or, or means of the imagination. So, you know, over the past month or two, we've been relaunching our church. And so we joined up with All Nations, which uh, most people know if they follow me. So we joined up with All Nations Worship Assembly, uh, which is based in Chicago, has a bunch of campuses across the country. And you know, now relaunching our existing church as an all nations campus in Pensacola. And that has been uh, incredibly exciting, (laughs) joyous, extremely complicated, uh, exhausting, uh, confusing at times. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed it, but I've also asked more questions, I think, than I've received Mm. answers about healthy church practice and structure and all kinds of things. Um, but I'm excited to be a part of All Nations. And I was just talking to our senior pastor, Matthew Stevenson, recently um, about some of this stuff and about pacing ourselves and making sure that we're yeah. doing what needs to be done on a daily basis so we can get where we need to go over years and decades. And so uh, I'm personally enjoying it. You know, different people have different thoughts and yeah. we're still figuring it out. But I'm enjoying it, but it's causing me to ask more questions now than what I was before. Well, let me just pause for folks who aren't familiar with All Nations and also what is exciting to you about this fellowship. So All Nations is basically a a Black Pentecostal movement, young Black Pentecostal movement. One of the things that we talk about a lot within the context of All Nations is being power contemporary. So there's kind of a Black Pentecostal movement. A side to it, there's there's what we call ancient oil, and then there's also in a new package. So there's you know a very contemporary, relevant presentation, but it's rooted in not just truth of scripture, but also our tradition and our heritage um, as Black Pentecostals. So I'm excited because it gives our church an opportunity to reset, but then mm-hmm. it also gives a new flavor to our city and our region. And so Pensacola hasn't had a church like that kind of since my father's church. Mm. And so now it's like, okay, now we can kind of take these things and, and kind of mold them together. And what's making it very interesting, especially in the context of our story, is we're meeting in the location of a historic revival in Pensacola. Wow. So the church that we're working with and the church that we're meeting at they had a revival in the late 90s that was 
I don't know, had 2 million people come through every day for like seven to eight years. And they had a service literally every night for seven years. <laughs> and, and so it was, it was mass worldwide, worldwide revival. And so all these types of things. And so in Pensacola, in Pensacola, in this was, this was in this the late nineties. It was, Whoa. yeah, it's called the Brownsville revival. So it's in the late nineties, 96, 97 for about seven years. And so we're bringing all nations and meeting at a historic revival place. And so it's all these kind mm. of barriers. So I'm in between history, mm. I feel like. And it's all these kind of barrier breaking things that we're trying to do while at the same time, not trying to recreate a revival, but trying to reintroduce uh, to a lot of people who have fallen away from faith or felt like faith didn't have anything meaningful to say to them. We're trying to reintroduce, oh, Christ can be both transformer of soul and transformer of society. That Christ Ooh. can be both. And most people would only see one or the other yeah. or think that one was possible, but the other wasn't. And so now trying to say, no, Christ can transform soul and can transform society. Both are real, that the power of Christ is real for your life and it's real for the life you live outside of the building. Goodness gracious. And so those are the types of things that I'm most concerned with. And again, stumbling through it, figuring it out, not doing a tremendous job in some areas. Other areas feel like we're doing really well. It's just, it's a both end. But see, I think that's what I hear from people that they're looking for is obviously the personal transformation, personal piety, as some would call it, personal holiness, but also the transformation of society. But, you know, you're on this mission to make me Pentecostal. And it's going to happen. In conversations with you, it's not. <laughs> necessarily as common even among black pentecostals that vision right as one would expect it to be so i mean i'm wondering if you can speak to that dynamic at all and then in particular like what happened in your life or your journey or your walk to say no these this is it this is the space where i want to live in terms of my pastoral ministry that's a great question i think it happened naturally over the course of time and so i don't want to make people think that black pentecostals don't care about justice because I think so much of our story, which is tracked by Estrella Alexander in Black Fire, mm -hmm. it talks about our in, our endurance in the midst of injustice or our endurance in the midst of um, the outside world and oppression. And so I don't want to make it seem like that, but it's because of our emphasis on power of the Holy Spirit and because of our emphasis on personal deliverance and healing and sign gifts and all kinds of things, there is a sense in which we can kind of stay within our own heads and within our own experiences. And as we like to call it in the South, have good church, <laughs> you know? And so you have good church and that you forget Sunday that you need morning to yeah. experience. Yeah. You have good church and you forget that you need to be the church. Ooh. And so, yeah, you have great church services, but then where is the witness <laughs> outside of the church sanctuary? And so that's the thing that has been a struggle and a wrestle because people when you encounter, and this is something people don't understand about Black Pentecostals or Pentecostals in general, really, but when you encounter the power of the Spirit, there's something about it that's really unexplainable. So we praise and we worship this God on a weekly basis. And when this God moves mightily, something shifts in you because you say, oh, this expanded the possibility of what I thought God was even capable of and capable of doing in my life. So it's really a testimony and a testament to the enduring power of God. And so it's easy to fall in love with that. Mm, mm, that experience. It's that. easy to, it, you know, to use a, a Psalms kind of motif. It's easy to fall in love with, with the hand of God, not the ways of God. Mm -hmm. 
So it's easy to fall in love with what God does, yeah. not who God is. And who God calls us to be outside of this, right? And so it's just like all these types of things we're trying to figure out and navigate. And so growing up, I saw, I mean, mass salvations, mass baptisms. I saw all that stuff. I saw, you know, sign gifts, miraculous healings. I saw all that. And, but it was very cerebral and logical, even how we were doing, because that's how my father is. That's how I am. That's how a lot of our church was just very logical and cerebral. And so when the spirit came in, we were like, okay, well, the spirit wants to do something. Let's let's let it happen, you know, and let's guard it according to what we know biblically and then let's keep keep moving. But then the idea of, okay, now take that same power and actually apply it within society Mm. is something that I want to tell more people is possible. And so it's actually funny because I feel like black Pentecostals have a perfect opportunity, a unique skill set, so to speak, in the spirit to be able to experience tremendous transformation personally and facilitate that in others' lives. And then say, now the places where we live, where we work, where we where we buy our food, the places where uh, people exist, now also must be transformed wow. by that same power. And you can do both. And you can do both well. And you can also do both within the context of remaining um transformationally rooted Mm. and that that is the thing that is a over the course of actually interacting with you and and pastor mike and black history and the witness and so many other people that i could point out has freed me to say really and this is just the the case whether i'm in an all-nation setting or somewhere else wherever i am that comes with me wow Bro. So, so wherever I am, it doesn't matter if I'm in, you know, SBC church, wherever I am, it, it comes with me. Wherever I am, that's that's what you're getting. Wherever you ask me to speak, it, it's here. That's the aroma of Christ. And that's what I did. That's what I hope, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So all those things have kind of animated my fervor and my motivation in ministry. And now I'm really focused on what does it look like for people to experience true transformation and healing? Um, what does it look like for people to experience you know, true life change yeah. that lasts. That's what I'm concerned with now. So, I mean, I'm listening to you and even just personally getting stirred because, I mean, when you said, okay, we have this transformational sort of overcoming and overshadowing of the Holy Spirit in church, in a worship service, in our personal lives, but it's that same Spirit that leads us to transform. It's that same move same of thing. the spirit. It's the same thing. So it's not just, yeah. okay, what happened to me individually when, you know, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit so powerfully. It's it's that same power and presence we take with us yeah. beyond the church yeah. doors. Yeah. Why do we assume that when we're, Ooh. why do we assume that when we're speaking out against injustice in society that we're not using the same spiritual gifts that we're using on Sunday. Speak on it. Why do we assume that? Wow. Like, why do we assume that that's not a word of knowledge that told us to, (laughs) to speak the way that we spoke to power? It's like, it's like, it's like Stephen's speech, right? Exactly. Like he was filled with the Holy spirit exactly, and prophesied and spoke truth and shared the gospel. Why do we assume that those are different? And why do we assume that they can't all flow together? Who said? Wow. And who said that we had to lay down some of the ancient, you know, beneficial, helpful practices 
of those who have come before of our ancestors within this Black Pentecostal story in order to be more faithful in the world. Mm. Both can exist. Mm. Who said? And so that's just that's that's what I've been asking. I've been asking a question according to who? Who said? Who said we can't do it? Who said it can't? (laughs) It's not possible. And I don't know what it always looks like. I'm just saying this is what has been my passion. This is what has been my motivation. And this is what has consumed me. And so it's hard sometimes because I'm in this space of personally developing and kind of breaking something new mm-hmm. for myself and and maybe for the people who I'm I'm leading. I'm breaking something new into the world. And so it's almost like I'm 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 in between myself, <laughs> so to speak, you know, because I'm I'm taking all these things that I've learned and all these things that I need to learn and all these experiences I need to have and all these new connections and all these new works and the existing works that I have. And I'm like, how does this all fit together? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's actually what people are asking when it comes to church. They're like, how do I take all these experiences and the things I need to learn and the things that I feel like I should be a part of and and what I hope for? And what I want to see in the world, and how does it all come together? And integrate it. How does it all? How does it all form into a healthy body? Right, right, right. How does it Even all in form myself, in, in myself? Let alone myself. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't yeah. mean a, a a mass church body like using right. churches. How does it form for me? What you're saying is such a paradigm shift in a lot of ways, right? When you're talking about Holy Spirit power going with us into the public mm-hmm. square, because now I can go back and read Jesus's ministry with that lens. <laughs> exactly. Where it's very apparent, right? Like Jesus is in the Spirit all day, every day, yes. whether he's speaking with his disciples or addressing a crowd or talking to, you know, whoever, right? And And that same sort of following after yeah. Jesus with the Spirit everywhere we go. What's the first thing Jesus says? The Spirit the is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Mm. <laughs> right? But this is power. To and do we what? have that power to go. But, but, this, but preach the good news to the poor. Yes, yes. Uh, whoa, that's a very See what I'm saying? Like, okay, this is, this is both and. So the power has anointed me to do good works in the world. My, 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 my. The power my, my, has my, my, anointed my. me to go out and serve the people who are, quote unquote, the least of these. Yes. That's what the power has yes. encouraged me to do. But it's the anointing. And we use that word a lot. And we say we're anointed to do what? Okay, so it's only to break the yokes of of things in your life. It's only to break bondage in your life. You're you're underusing, you're underutilizing the power of the spirit if you're only using it for yourself. Say that. Uh, there's so much I could get into, but I know so, we have to take a break. We yes. have to take a break. I want I want to get back to this, but you got me stirred up. So Good. that's not fair. I knew <laughs> you got it. me I knew stirred it. up. <laughs> but we'll be right back here on Pastor Mike. We'll talk a little bit more about our church stories and what maybe a healthy church could look like. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pastor Mike. But let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Pastor Mike. And for just $1 an episode. Just a dollar? Now, that's the bare minimum. That's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, go 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening. But you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash Pass the mic. We appreciate you. So, 
so as I'm listening to you, I'm also listening with the ears of like somebody who's on this journey to, to find a, a, a healthy faith community. And part of what I hear you saying is look for a community where the spirit is moving and embraced, right? Like the spirit is moving a lot of times in ways that we don't notice or sometimes maybe we even resist, right? Because I'm yes. coming out of a, like a reformed background. It seemed like, you know, the frozen chosen of Presbyterians, right? Sometimes we even would resist that that sort of more spontaneous, contemporaneous, contemporaneous movement of the spirit. But what I hear you saying is as you're on this journey, look for places and people and leaders and discipleship where they embrace the power of the spirit. Yes, and it doesn't have to be within the same denominational or church context that I'm expressing it. Right. Right. So, you know, recently we had a service where I preached on shame and I wanted people to write down the things that had had them shamed or felt like they had had caused a cycle of shame for them and come and fold it up and lay it at the altar. And I said, if you need specific prayer to break the power of shame, then stay at the altar. You know, and then we'll pray for you specifically. And so it happened and it was, you know, powerful. Like people were experiencing breakthrough in front of our eyes. You know, it was, there were a lot of, you know, emotional responses and so many tears. And it was, it was one of the most impactful services I've ever been a part of. I mean, I'm still kind of buzzing off of it, Mm. but it may not look like that. Yeah. But find a place that is at least willing to follow where the spirit leads, right. even if it is unexpected. Yeah, And I'm not saying that has to be in your church context or your service context. I'm just saying in general, hey, the spirit is leading us here. And we think that this is probably, you know, where we should go or what we should do. And I think we have to be careful though, because sometimes we've let the leading of the Lord and us blaming things on the spirit sound eerily like a capitalistic expansion of church. Huh. Say more. And I think this is this is something that, and again, like I'm part of church expansion. So I'm not saying that church expansion is bad. What I'm saying is I think in our individual bodies and in our individual church fellowships, we have to be really careful about what what the phrase, the leading of the Lord leads us to do. Because <laughs> we can... Twisted to selfish ends. It can it can lead the Lord to serve us, mm. and I'm saying, well, what, what is it? What is the leading of the Lord? And I think if the leading of the Lord causes you to sacrifice something, and Whoa. the leading of the Lord the causes you to lay something down, if the leading of the Lord causes the church to take and so here's an example. So I'll say leading of the Lord is big in our context when I tell our core team. You cannot work every Sunday. Hmm. It's not allowed. Hmm. Like so, you cannot just show up every Sunday and work. If if you're like, hey, we don't have enough workers for this or that, it's it's my job as a leader to enforce the value to say, I will go and get help, recruit help, be the help myself to make sure that you're not working every Sunday. Because the leading of the Lord tells me you do not need to serve at your post. The leading of the Lord tells me you do not actually need to attend every single service in the same way every single week, because that's actually unhealthy for your story mm. because you need to heal and you need to sit mm. and you need to receive. And if you're working every Sunday, you can't do that. So the leading of the Lord is not always toward profit and numbers right. and, and or, those kind of things. Or the, the, the utilization of a gift. 
Uh, <laughs> could be, you know could be to saying? rest. Yeah. It could be to rest. And that's a sacrifice for the church itself to say, oh, okay, we're going to let these very gifted people sit down and receive. But where does the spirit lead you? I think that's a big thing. I think also, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if you have Don't some go for it. I think also what's really important is um, if you are not going to a church, let me rephrase this. If you're, if as church leaders, we are not prioritizing pathways to health, mm. we're going to be obsolete very quickly. And for yourself as leaders. Well, if yeah. yes. And then if leaders are not creating pathways to health for the people, for the people. Okay. What do you mean by emphasizing that? If they're not emphasizing therapy, if they're not <laughs> emphasizing spiritual direction, if they're not emphasizing a healthy community, which will lead to some sort of vulnerability or transparency to see how you're really doing. If a leader is not prioritizing uh, for the people, um, the opportunity to deal with deep wounds, because see, here's what I'm learning. What I'm learning one. is we can really play this church game and we can do it really well mm. and we are going to flame out really quickly. If we are not prioritizing, hey, as a church, we want you to be healthy. We want you to rest. We want it. It, it has to be. It's like a weekly statement for me. And we're not going to just simply run you ragged. We're not going to. There's going to be a time where we, we move quickly. And then there's going to be a time where we slow down and we say, people are going to be like, well, why, why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? Why are we not doing this? Because we can't do everything. If we're not emphasizing our limits. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Know? We're designed with limits. That's, a, that's actually a big one for me because so many people have been burned because abuse, not just because, quote unquote, spiritual abuse happened, not just because they were harmed and wronged and betrayed, but because they were harmed and wronged and betrayed. After they were exhausted, they were burnt out. (laughs) So right at the moment of exhaustion, then they get betrayed. And then like, I'm done with church. Because it's worse when you've poured yourself out for this thing. So now you should should respect and honor the fact that I've served this church. But then after I've served the church, you you harm me? So (laughs) So that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think what stands out a lot about your ministry and and the people who I think you would probably recommend or 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 learn from is an emotional intelligence, an emotional awareness, a, a an attention to the emotional side of being, of existing. What do you I mean, how has learning about or talking about our emotional lives played into you? Oh man, yeah. Emotional emotionally healthy spirituality, which I talk about all the time. Yeah. It's it's the thing for me because it's transformed my personal life, and I'm still learning that. I'm still unlearning things in therapy. I'm still unlearning things in spiritual direction. Uh, my mentors are still challenging me on so many different things. So I do not want to feel like, or or people to think I've I've achieved a certain level in this. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that what I find, especially in a Black Pentecostal context, is. What's going to keep us going in an emotional interaction with our God? Hmm. Because the Pentecostal experience is so emotional. What's going to keep us going? What's going to sustain us? And if we're not emotionally healthy, all the emotional responses that we have will actually do the opposite of what we expect. Because <laughs> they'll be fleeting but not lasting. Yeah. And so a emotional transformation or a true spiritual transformation happens at the intersection of emotional experience and emotional health. Say that again. 
I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> 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 um, but I think holistic transformation happens at the intersection of emotional experience and emotional health. I think those are the th- those are the things. The emotional experience, yes, have that transformational experience, and then you apply it with emotional uh, rhythms that are healthy. <sighs> and then now you have sustained spiritual transformation. And then now you have people who are mature enough not to retaliate. Now you have people who are mature enough to apologize. Now you have people who are mature enough to say no. Wow. And I think that's where that's that's what I'm shooting for. I, again, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what it means. I'm still trying to figure out if it's and this is the question that I think more pastors need to actually say is we're trying to figure out if this iteration of church ministry actually works mm. in twenty twenty two beyond. I don't know so that it's it does. not necessarily about coming up with the next model. Yeah, no, like that you can package exactly. and replicate. I, I don't know if it's a package. Yeah, because what what is true in Pensacola is not the same thing as you know Atlanta or Houston or New York or Chicago. It's totally different. Or the Delta. Or the Delta. <laughs> I gotta throw who knows? I mean, who knows? I have no idea. So I'm out here looking for a church. I'm out yeah. here, maybe wounded, maybe wandering. Do's and don'ts of trying to find another faith community. Man, do take your time and be very kind and gracious to yourself. Mm, Say that. And I think there is a rush that people have that causes them not to see clearly. Hmm. And so this is one of the reasons why, you know, we pushed what we call in our context discovery class or, you know, it's the way to join our church. We pushed it out. So we're not going to have a flood of people who come one Sunday and then join the church. Okay. You haven't seen enough to know if you really want to be a part of this. So sit with four weeks or five weeks or six weeks and see, okay, after this pastor has said really hard things, can I stay? Can I still come back here and feel like this is healthy and helpful? Is this really, is this resonating with me? Because I, you, you might like it because it's different. Mm. But just because it's different doesn't mean you should join. <laughs> right? So take your yeah. time, be gracious with yourself, and be kind enough to say, okay, let me, let me process this a little bit and see if this is where God is leading me. Um, I think also don't uh, assume that your denominational rigid categories will serve you more than being led by the spirit to find the thing that is going to transform you. Wow. So some of us might be attending churches we never would have thought we would have attended because the fellowship that we need and the openness that we need and the love that we need was found in a place we didn't expect. Yes. So don't come in, don't just look within your content. I'm I'm and this is if a church is believing in in a basic thing that you feel like resonates with you, which is Jesus, scripture, whatever your convictions are, those will be my convictions, may not be yours, but I'm saying whatever those convictions are, like that I think makes a believer in a church, look for that and break out of those boundaries. Because some of those churches are going to be more traditional churches. (laughs) And you're like, man, but we ain't got no uh, social media ministry. (laughs) You know, we don't, we don't have a we don't have a, a slick video. We don't have a photographer, but that's probably a place you actually need to be, because you might find something there in this season of your life. Um, another thing, like do look holistically in terms of 
what the church is doing, right? Ask, what are you doing? You know, ask, how are you, how are you, how are you touching the community? How are you reaching the community? What plans do you have to do that? I think that's very important. That tells where a church's mindset is and also where its emphasis is in terms of its resources and its focus. Um, And then I think a final don't is um, don't be surprised if this season of your life encompasses a different church rhythm. Hmm. And so this is something, if you're listening to Pastor Mike, one of the things I assume is you care about certain conversations that will make you perfect to lead in a church. And so some of us don't need to work in church for a while. Wow. I think that probably is you too. (laughs) Definitely. Amen that. Some of us don't need to work in church. Some of us need to sit and receive. And so that might mean a different church rhythm than what we've had. And that might mean two Sundays online, two Sundays in person. That's where I think a lot of our church, that's where I think a lot of our churches, um, I think a lot of our church members personally are. Mm. The three Sundays in person, one Sunday off. Two Sundays in person, one, two Sundays off. I, that's why I'm being honest as a pastor. Yeah, I, yeah. We don't, have a mass, we don't have a mega church. We don't have a huge church at all. You come, you be like, oh, okay. Like, it's not one of those. I feel like what we do, we do well. And it's people there, but it's not going to be like, man, you come in, it's, it's 800 people. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see a different group. If you come for three three Sundays, you see three different groups of people probably. Yeah. Yeah. It you has know? shifted. But as long rhythm. as you're remaining yeah. connected. That's right. And as long as you're remaining intentional. Uh, you know, I know people like, man, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. But with a global pandemic and with all kinds of things happening in the world, with a lot of unhealed people. Some of the people need to actually stay away for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Watch think, online at least. Yes. Honestly, like I just think that's how it's that's how it's shaping out. Because yeah. again, people are are dealing with collective trauma from a pandemic. And or so we're trying to push or not. Yeah. And so we're trying to push people back into a sanctuary and push people mm. back into a mass gathering. Mm. And then you're you're having this this explosion of collective trauma all at once from different sources and different people bringing their different baggage and their different experiences and their different traumas and triggers. And I think we're not going to see it till six to eight months from now, but it's going to be great for a while. And then we're going to look around and be like, whoa, we had way more issues than what we thought. Yeah. You know, so my question is, can we get healthy? Find a church that prioritizes health. Can we get healthy? And that's holistic. And that means our pastors, that means our leaders, that means our elders, but that also means you, you know, and I hope you find churches like that. There's other things, but I think in this context, I really want people to have a true emotional experience when they go to church. I do want that. I'm not going to lie. I want that. I feel like if you're in the presence of your God, something got to come out Mm. personally. That's just me. And that's probably my bias. But I also want people to leave and and not have an emotional experience that lasts for a couple hours, but it lasts for for a lifetime. Changes them, transforms them. In other words, follow the leading of the spirit. Absolutely. I hope so, man. And, and, you know, again, I just want to say again, we're figuring it out. And there's some things I'm going to look back on and be like, it didn't work. Other things... But I'm actually, Jamar, I I was thinking about this before we close. I was thinking about this. I'm actually willing to fail. 
Hmm. That's powerful. I'm actually willing to fail in reaching for a healthy expression of what this thing we call church is in 2022. And I'm willing to fail forward. Yeah. And so if it doesn't work, I won't think that's a failure. I'll think I, I push people a step forward. It's a learning And I trust experience. that everyone who comes behind me will take what I did well and leave what I didn't and create what needs to be created for the for the good of the church. That's what I, I'm willing I'm willing to for it not to work and, and not feel like that's that's the end of the world, but that the church really will be built on the foundation of Christ. Wow. And so even if we don't make it, the church will make it. That's a relief. That's a load off. Thank you for that word, brother. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know? A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just These Guys, you know?